God wants us to be joyful, but how do we live with joy? Is it something we just got to fake it till we make it? Or how do we live with joy? We find that in Romans chapter 5 today. My name is Junior. You're listening to Between the Lines, and I'm with... Brian. Yeah. I'm here again. I love it. You kept me for another one. Yes. We're also taping like two minutes later, but that's cool. (laughs) People do ask, they've been like, hey, what do you like? I've actually had people ask like three every morning. (laughs) Yeah, not me. (laughs) I mean, we love our church, but sorry. No, we record beforehand. That's right. (laughs) It's just not happening. Maybe your dad, but not us, man. All right, Romans chapter five. Brian, do you want to start? Yeah, let's do it. Chapter five, verse one. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Now, that's the theme that really, like, drives the whole rest of this chapter is we confidently and joyfully look forward to God, uh, joyfully, joyfully. Why? Because Jesus Christ, our Lord, what he has done for us. That is what drives our joy. And so if, if you're a Christian, I was actually talking with our camp staff about this yesterday. They're like, man, we, people have to see us smiling. They have to see the joy of the Lord in us. For those Christians who just kind of walk around grumpy all the time, I, I'm not doubting their salvation, but I do just, just, just kind of wonder, like, how do you not have the joy of the Lord in you? Yeah, I would doubt it. Do you remember? Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. I, just, I mean, yeah. Because I, I guess I see, I, I see people come to Christ yeah. when they're 30, 40, 50. And I so the, I see the joy they have. Yeah. And those of us who were kind of Christians at a young age, if we're missing it, maybe we never were. Yeah. Because they're too ha- they're so happy and whatever comes their way, they handle it. Yeah. And I see longtime believers grumpy and complaining, and I'm like, man, maybe you never had it. Right. And it's just a good test, and some people get mad about that. I, I welcome that. I mean, if you saw that in me, Junior, I'd hope you'd say that sort yeah. of look at myself. I don't want to get to God and be like, I'm not sure. Did I do that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But here's what he says then. He goes on to three. He says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Endurance develops strength of character. Character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Yep. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So my favorite verse in the Bible, uh, Proverbs 3, I'm sorry, 4, 6, and 7. And it's like that, right? Yeah. I rejoice. I always say we can rejoice, and eventually he says, uh, "You know, when you endure trials of many kinds, to take them to him in prayer and all those things." Yep. There it is in Romans, right? Yeah. And uh, same author, and he's like, "Dude, you can rejoice when you have trials because you're getting endurance out of it and strength of character, and that character. That's what we're talking about with those people, people who don't have joy that hasn't been building character for some reason in their lives. And so we got to look for those opportunities. That's right. Verse six." When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Still sinners. One of the most famous verses in the whole Bible. We didn't pick ourselves up by our bootstraps, and then God, you know, we got to a certain level, and then God took us while we were still sinning. And I love how normal he is. He just says, no, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. It's hard to die for a good guy. Yeah. Let alone for a bad guy. And God died for all of us. It is such a difference from a human perspective. Now, verse 9, since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. 
So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Imagine that, friends of God. God Almighty, who, I mean, at the macro level, creating galaxies to the micro level, and we get to be his friend. That's wild. You know, some Christians have gone after that over the years a little bit, right? The whole friends yeah. of God thing. And yeah. I, I do think like any friend of ours, like you're my friend, like there's mm-hmm. supposed to be respect here. Yeah. And your dad is a friend of mine. Yeah. But he's still my boss. He's still the shepherd of the church. I'm part of my family. Yeah. And so God can be our friend while still in total awe. So it's not, hey, pal. No, no, no. Why right, did you right. do this? Yeah. It's like, God, I know who I'm talking to. Yeah. But I'm close enough to you to have a real conversation. And to enjoy our friendship. Yeah. Uh, you want to read it? Yeah. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not, who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God, as Adam did. Yeah, so that's referencing back to yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Without a law, there's not punishment because there's nothing wrong. Right. But it, but it was because they were still dying. That's right. So yeah. Yep. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who is yet to come. But there's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. So he's saying Jesus is the better Adam. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. And we talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago at our, at our church, actually, when we were looking at the minor prophet of Hosea, that it's so easy, you know, when we get caught in sin, and I think we've all been there, right? Getting caught, keep on falling to sin, and we can start to believe the lie of, I just ruined my relationship with God. You know, I, I, lost, I lost my relationship with God. But the idea that this is what Paul is getting at here is God's success is greater than your failures. Yeah. You can't ruin it. You're not good enough to ruin it. That's right. God's, God's grace is too, too, too great. It's not up to you. And, and I really like even going back to Adam, people will say, well, it's not my fault. Like I, yeah. I was born into this thing. Why'd that guy do that? And people spend, oh, I think many of them, their whole lives being mad that we're sinners. Yeah. Mad that they I didn't do anything, even though we have. Adam did this to me, and I always find it funny because I'm like, yeah, but here we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, this book is so good, and Romans is so good about being, and here you are. So aren't you thankful that Jesus came? Rather than being ticked off for the rest of your life, aren't you thankful that Jesus is the opposite? Yep. What you just said. Absolutely. Verse 18, it says, yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. So yeah, it doesn't seem fair. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. So that too is also, unf- it's, you know, it's unfair, but it's that's beautifully right. unfair in that, that's right. in that regard. That's, oh, that's a good point. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will become righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Man, it's so easy. What a good chapter. It's so easy. It's so wordy to yeah. get caught up in the words. 
right? And yep. I'm just thinking of my family listening to this, and, and I'm thinking, man, if we could really understand, like, forget all the big words and just think about how much garbage you've done in the last couple of days, thought, said, felt, mm-hmm. bad attitudes, disobedience. And it just comes along, and it's like all, all that's done is just so messed up. But all that's done is allowed God's grace to be even louder to you. Yep. So don't walk around defeated. Move on, which we'll get to in the next few days. Like, don't keep on sinning. But be so thrilled and amazed that God, God's grace is more than even your worst day yep. of sin. And this is what drives our joy. This is why we can be joyful. Back to the top. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Awesome, bro. Well, Psalms 7 and 8 are the corresponding psalms for today. But before I read the verse I picked out, Brian, there was one that you wanted to... Um, yeah, yesterday yeah. We, had, we had done four, five, and six. And I just wanted to point out, I pointed that out to a lot of people over the years, so I thought it would be encouraging. In Psalm 6, 6, David says, I'm worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. And I think of so many people. I remember a girl coming to me years ago who had lost her baby. And we talked about this verse because this yeah. is where she was at. Yep. Just clinging to this verse because of what? Because look at verse 9 right below it. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord will answer my prayer. Like she went to the Psalms because David, I think so many people who do get depressed, anxious, who struggle, and there's people in our church who do struggle more than others. I think they can feel like I'm not like those Bible characters. They're heroes. Yeah, Yeah, no, David was just like that. David would have terrible nights of tearful, what is going on in my life, God? But then he always in the Psalms, he always turns it around by reminding himself of what's true, Mm-hmm. not trying to feel better. David would always say, this is what's true, therefore now I feel better. Yep. So I just encourage people out there who struggle and you say, man, that's me, I cry every night. Remind yourself of what's true and allow your feelings to go with that yeah. truth. I'm glad you brought that up because those of us reading yesterday, which I hope you read through it, it almost looked kind of confusing. It's like, man, this guy's got like an emotional breakdown. Right. But great verse. Yeah. Uh, Psalm chapter eight is the, um, Psalm chapter eight, verse three. And actually four, I want to point those out as you're reading. Again, I hope you read this on your own, but Psalm 8, verse 3, it says, When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think that that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? It, it stuck out to me because last night I was sitting by a fire until about 11 p.m., and I was up at our camp up in Wisconsin. I looked up right before bed, and it was just the sky was just littered with stars. And it's one of those moments where it was just so humbling. I had this thought right here, like, I am so small. I am so tiny, yet God cares for even me. And sometimes, not sometimes, creation, God's beautiful creation should do that to us. His wonderful creation, his handiwork all around us should yeah. humble us, but also stir some joy in us that, man, we are so small, we are so tiny, but God cares. God yeah, it should us. crush the sin side. Yep. It should crush the ego, the pride, the, hey, man, I'm doing pretty good. Hey, man, the bridge is growing. Yep. Hey, man, I got a pretty good family. Yeah. I'm good. Like, I'm yeah. doing really good. Yeah. Just crush that. All the pride, all the sin, all the boasting in ourselves. But it should bring up the value that you, I love what you just That's said, right. the value of, but he loves me. Like, yeah. I don't want to push that away. Right. I should be blown away that he loves me and so excited that I got a dad who loves me, even though there's all this other stuff going on. And he really doesn't have to. But because of who he is, he does. Yeah. As Paul said, I get to be his friend. Yeah, it's so cool. cool. All right. Well, make it a good day today. Enjoy the creation all around you because it is. And remember, if you are in Jesus, you get to be a friend of the Almighty. That's right. It's awesome. This is between. <laughs> Love it. 
Love you.